Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good afternoon and welcome to our latest edition of the True Blue Podcast where we're discussing everything Chester FC related from the week that was. Uh, joined today by, obviously, myself, Dave Powell, uh, sports reporter Paul Wheelock and also Jeff Banks, former Chester FC Director and Media Officer who's joining us for our chat this afternoon. Um, we're going to kick off because we didn't have a podcast last week. Um, so we kind of missed all the excitement um, of the Barrow game. Um, we won at home again, that's twice in the space of, what, four or five weeks, which is unreal when you consider what went before it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was done in the most uh, wonderful of circumstances, 94th minute Lucas Dawson winner, sparking some joyous scenes at the Swansway Chester Stadium. Um, we're going to come straight to Jeff, because there were scenes which uh, Jeff... Captured so wonderfully on his wonderfully on his mobile, um, Marcus Bignett marauding up the touchline to jump into the H block and be surrounded by fans and to incur the wrath of uh, the visiting manager Neil Hornby. I mean, it's uh, I mean as as games go, I mean it's hard to imagine a much better conclusion than that for us. Yeah, I mean it's just like the, the typical Chester roller coaster, isn't it? You know, you're, you're up two 0 in the first half, you peg back in the space of two minutes at the end of the half. The lads didn't deserve to go in not winning that match you know half time and um, obviously at the end we absolutely battered them the last 5-10 minutes and you just thought you know the chances that we were missing it wasn't going to happen and then you know the mass scramble and Lucas bangs it in and the next thing Marcus is running down the touchline I was I was jumping up and down myself at the time anyway so I was gutted I couldn't get the first part of the run on my video on the video but uh, just saw him standing there in front of the what was probably the H block you know and then just Throwing myself into it, I thought this is just brilliant, you know. And that's the kind of that's the kind of passion that we all want to see at the ground, isn't it? You know, probably we've been you know, bereft of that for the past twelve months. So it's nice to see everybody bouncing around, jumping around, you know, happy and celebrating a win. Which, as you say, you know, two in the space of a month, getting used to it now. Yeah, it's, it's hard to it's hard to kind of remember a, a moment as well like that where a manager's quite visibly shown his emotions to the fans as well and so early on I mean and while you know that that result got us out of the relegation zone and and, and we've since dropped back into it after the, the defeat to Maidstone it's still it was a feel good factor the likes of which we haven't really had at home for a long while and also it, it I think it was good for, for Marcus Bignett in terms of it it formed a, a relationship with him and the fans you know so the fans pleased with what he's doing I mean results have improved performance has certainly improved and I think it's a case of um he certainly has been afforded the time by the fans to to try and turn this round because I think they're appreciative of the fact that he's got a big job on his hands and um, he's got a long way to go. But for you, Paul, I mean that's a that was a massive not only for the fact that Barrow were, it was a six pointer. I mean it's a massive result and lift for the football club, especially for the fans who've been paying their hard earned money to go at home and only seen that one win against Maidenhead a few weeks ago. Definitely, as you say, I was I was an holiday on the lakes, so I didn't have any phone reception at all. It was only in one place in the uh, the place where we were staying I could see, and it was the next morning I woke up and uh, seen Banksy's video. So it was uh, it just it was brilliant to see those scenes again. There's nothing like a last minute winner, is there? But 
given the fact that the, the home form has been so poor over such a prolonged period of time it was just great to see those scenes on the Harry Mark and the players racing towards the corner flag because it needed that didn't it it needed not only a win again but it needed a win like that and I think what you made a really good point as well Dave where you were talking about Marcus Bignett because a lot of the time a lot of people were calling for Graham Barrow weren't they yeah. for, for the new manager and if he would have come in instant connection isn't there given what he'd done in the past at the club being a legend but that showed he really cared and showed his passion and the fact that he run down the touchline jumped in the crowd had a you know a bit of a bust up with the with the battle <laughs> manager it was just great because you can see he's he's pretty steely isn't he in his interviews well as you've been saying to us Dave he's got a real personality there and it was it was great to great to see it yeah I mean we were hoping that we were going to follow up with a, a positive result at Maidstone uh, we lost 1-0 and it was kind of the flipped on its head again because we, we were on the end, wrong end of a 94th minute winner. Um, but to be fair, I, mean, it was, I went down myself and it was a performance where they deserved a draw at least. And I think Marcus Bignett touched on it after, game, after the game and said it was a case of it was the first time since he's been there where they've actually had two decent performances back to back because in typical Siesta fashion we've had the highs and then the lows and you know the peaks and the troughs. But it's, um, uh, but yeah, there were certain signs there that. I mean, Maidstone are a good team as well. I mean, and it's difficult to go on those 3G pitches. I'm not the greatest fan of them anyway. Um, I appreciate the benefit they have for the football clubs themselves. Financially, for some of them, they are the absolute lifeblood. I mean, you look at the likes of like Maidstone and Sutton and teams like Bromley and things now. They've got, you know, that that's very much forms part of their financials. But it's difficult to go and play on. But when you consider the horror show that they had on them last year I mean 5-2 at Sutton 4-2 at Maidstone when we were 4-0 down at the break it was certainly a, an improvement on that and Bignett said as much afterwards he said uh, you know we were 4-0 down at half time last year so certainly moved in the right direction but there's um, uh, I just want to talk pretty much about the, some of the, the new guys that have come in I mean, because Jordan Archer and Jordan Goff made their debut against Barrow um, and they added to Reece Hall Johnson who was excellent again against Barrow and he was superb against Maidstone as well um, and now Bignett's starting to bring in his own players. They, he seemed to get an idea of what the team may have looked like had he had rain over at the start of the season. But they, they've all been, all the players that have come in have, have visibly lifted the team, haven't they? But were you impressed with Archie when you saw him against Barrow? Absolutely. I mean, I thought we were trying to create a team full of, of Jordans, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jordan number three, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean, straight from the off, you know, he, he looked hungry. And you know, there's not many players at that age end up scoring on the, the debut after what twelve minutes, I think it was. Um but he was he was linking up really well, he he was challenging for the ball. And you know, the other Jordan, um, you know, as I say, he's so full blooded going into the challenges, it'll probably get him a few yellow cards along the way. But I think that that kind of challenge where yeah, he wins the ball, um, it fires the supporters up because they can see, you know, that the effort is there and I think Overall, I mean, that, that Barrow match, as I said, that first half, I thought we were fantastic. You know, we just literally shut off for two minutes at the end of it and sort of brought us back down to over the massive bump. But leading up to that, I thought everybody was chasing the ball. You know, I go back to the, the Woking home match where mm. Woking did a complete job on us. They were very quick, very effective, and we just couldn't cope with that. And I think that's what we did to Barrow in that first half, yeah. you know, which is really... That's the most pleasing thing is that we've put a, a, a very, very good performance, albeit, you know, amazing for the first 45. I think the second half is probably a bit split down the middle until the end. Um, but it shows that we can actually can actually do it and, and go for the, you know, go for the early goals. 
he didn't half rifle it in though from that Oh no, fantastic finish. And yeah. At Maidstone on Saturday, it has to be said, I mean, even though he didn't see much of the ball, and, and by by most most people you'd probably look at it and think, well, he, he hasn't done an awful lot, but he occupied the, the centre-backs really well, which is something that we've, we've struggled with, whereas he, they, they were both really conscious about his movement, what he was doing, he was so physical, and even though the ball <clears throat> didn't stick to him as much and didn't see as much of it, it just, the space it creates around him is... is you know, people like Ross Hanna and James Akintundi when he's fit and Harry White, they should be they should be able to thrive off that, you know, when they're when they're up and firing. But we were talking about uh, me and Paul mentioned this when um when we, we were speaking about it's kind of the market Chester need to shop in a bit now is yeah. is that and we we've had it with success over the years, I mean you have to look at Harry McNally and bringing it through the likes of Gray and Abel, Graham Abel and people like that. Um the the lower leagues can be an absolute goldmine. I mean, more recently, Ryan Astles, and we were saying this is exactly the the market Chester should be shopping, in, especially with the connections that Bignett's got and Ross Thorpe have got with Midlands football as well. It should be uh, it should be somewhere where we're looking, shouldn't it? I was made up when, particularly when Archer came in, because it's something. It's been a bit of a bee in our bonnet that these podcasts haven't been. We were mm. saying we've been a while since you know Chester have actually gone and got a player like that. There's been a lot of players who've come in from who've been at under twenty three teams or academy teams. This is bit of a rough diamond hopefully and the fact that they beat Tramia to him as well really you know really tops it off and we just it was doing it down at crew the other day because our crew report is off at the moment and uh, you know a guy me and you know George down there and he's big friends with Gary Hackett the uh, Starbridge manager ex Blues midfielder isn't he he's also scored against the Wrexham by the way he has mm-hmm. yes indeed yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah he's been, been there good link for later isn't it and he was saying he's the real deal this lad yeah. he said he, they, were, they were gutted they didn't get him on a contract because they're going to move they're going to miss out and I think you know if he does well here he might get that move to the football league but that's a great business model yeah, you know yeah. if you can you can get these little gems for free put them on 18 month two year deals and then sell them on great he's got a got a contract till 2019 I would be astounded if he's still here in 2019 Uh yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully yeah. he'll be playing league football. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's always the dream, isn't it? But in, in terms of what um, is expected from him, there it's very much there's football league clubs who would have pulled the trigger on him before that. But this has come up, and they're probably thinking, well, we'll mo- yeah, we'll monitor the situation, and you'd imagine that you're going to see a lot of scouts down there every home home match. Just it's been noticeable, even on. For the Barrow game, there was more scouts there than there usually is because he's hot property in, in non-league football. I mean, his goal against Barrow was his tenth goal of the season. Mm. Um, when you, you you toss up what he'd done for Stourbridge, um, so he's already caught the eye, and I think it's going to be a case of um, I mean, enjoying what we've got him, and hopefully, I mean, he, he can re- he he can prove a gem and, and score a bag full of goals for us and help us climb up the table. I mean, if he does that and he gets to move elsewhere and earns us a bit of money, absolutely fantastic for him. Um, but it, like we were saying, it is the market we should be shopping in. And also, I thought Jordan Goff was another tidy addition because it's like a solid, someone who Bignett knows, um, fits the, he's the right age, age, you know, 26, 27, in terms of being, having the experience behind him, been a National League, North title winner with Solio Moores, and he's been playing in a good Telford side as well, so it, and the difference there between the top end of that National League North and National League is limited as well, so there's not much in between it. So I, I'm ple- pleased that we got him on board as well. So fingers crossed that can be something which bears fruit in the uh, in the in the coming months. Um, 
back in action this weekend and it's trip to Eastleigh. Now, I've already done this journey <laughs> once this season and um, I'm not too sure how it were only in November and I've already made a second trip to Eastleigh and we've already been knocked out of the FA Cup so there's no need to be... No need for me to be there in the FA Cup, but it happens on FA Cup weekend. It is a league game, um, but yeah, the last one was uh, didn't go ahead in farcical circumstances. Um, but I suppose this weekend would be a nice one. But it's a perfect motivation for the players, I suppose, isn't it? Having a three and a half hour journey to Hampshire. Um, hopefully, we'll see some football this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, and I think Eastleigh have been a bit patchy, off you know, on the pitch as well as. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think they did. They they won at the weekend. Was it away? At, I think it's Halifax. Was it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, there's it's obviously going to be tough. But you know, we've we've done it there before. Hopefully, we can go down there. And if you just again get a positive performance, you know, with the the derby in mind, then you know that would be the perfect sort of setup for it. You know, it'd be great to go into. Obviously, with the the Maidstone defeat, having got the clean sheet there and the point. You know, we'd have maybe strung a little three-match unbeaten run going yeah. into it, but you know, next best thing is obviously to come away with three points from Eastleigh and get ourselves out of that zone, and then go into the Wrexham game um, absolutely full of confidence. But you know, I think we're just seeing a, a different side now with with the attacking intent, which is obviously the one thing that's been missing. Um, you know, prior to Marcus coming in, um, so hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, we can. Mixture of keep catch easily on a bad day, but also turn on a bit of a style, you know, ourselves. And hopefully, then for me, you know, the fans have had two, you know, cancellations, postponements so yeah. far, which is out of order. And um, so hopefully, they'll be rewarded on Saturday because that is a, as you say, it's a long trip. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, you touched something there, Jeff, about if, if we hold on at Maidstone on Saturday and we get that point, that's two games unbeaten, oh. four points. And then you start thinking oh, a bit of a mini run, but um, it's all. I think it's really important at this level of football, certainly because now we're coming into the into this easily going the back of a loss, and then another loss makes it. it, it you know these things yeah. go. You know they they start to get in a little run, but just important I think for this weekend that we get a positive result um, moving into into what is the derby on Wednesday. Um, but just staying on easily for a second. I mean that whole thing was was farcical, wasn't it, Paul? I mean, we we we. we did, Pretty much dedicated an entire podcast to it, talking about um, how ridiculous it was. Um, but I suppose for you, you kind of, you'd, you'd probably be the, the same mindset as me. It's, and we spoke to Paul Turnbull today, and he almost said the same. It's a chance for him to to get one over on Eastleigh after what happened to the the team and the fans down there. It's um, it should be the perfect motivation. Definitely, I think they, they came out with it a little bit more credit with the statement they made after it. Yeah, they actually yeah. apologised, didn't they? Compared to Solihull, who yeah. just didn't say anything. They've gone some you some know, way but to. But it's still it, yeah. just repeating old ground. We've all said that it's a farce. It didn't. It was terrible on the Blues fans, and it didn't reflect well on the league at all. Uh, so yeah, let's hope they can go there and, and, and give them some, you know, revenge, so to speak. But I think it's a really important game anyway because we were looking at the table before, and we were saying God, Wrexham third, but like Hartlepool twelfth, only six points off. So it's really tight in that top half. But if you look at where Eastleigh are, it's quite an important game because if Eastleigh win, the gap just becomes a bit bigger, mm. and that but it almost becomes the bottom five or six are getting broken off on the rest. So it's important in a couple of ways get a result going into Wednesday. 
but I, you want to keep Eastleigh in there, don't you? You want to keep an, as many as those clubs are in, like 15th, 16th, just just in reach. So, you know, I think yeah, it's an important game. I think, like, the, the results from Saturday were, were all going against us, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those weekends where, you know, we draw the match and maybe other results might have happened, but when, whenever we lose, they all seem to go against us. And, you know, when you see the teams down there who actually won, like, filed, you know, picking up a win, you, you know, before that you're thinking, you know, maybe we'll be, you know, relatively comfortable ca- catching them. Yeah. Like it was a big win as well. There. It was... Uh, yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Which has also led to Richard Money leaving, which, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the pro- yeah. problem I have, um, it's just, I mean, the worry I have, not problem I have, the worry, worry I have is just um, what some of the other teams around now might do, because you've got Barrow, um, they've gone for AD Pennock, um, they've got money there and they're able to bring in in good players, and I'm sure they'll start to see an upturn in form once they get all their players back fit. Then you've got Solihull, and they still, regardless of what, what they may say, they still have a, a budget there which is able to compete. Um, and they've, you know, they, they, Richard Money's left, but I'm sure they'll get a new manager in, and he'll, you'll get that new manager bounce again. So it's it's about those clubs around us, and AFC filed now to seem to have started to find their feet slightly, and that win on, on Saturday would have done the world of good and Danny Rose scoring goals at this level of football as well so it's important that it doesn't seem like there's going to be this group of teams which is going to really really struggle I mean I can I, I, I still think there'll be some teams that are up there at the moment or certainly in the top half that will drop I mean I look at teams like Halifax and I think I'm I'm not convinced that having, I've seen him once this season and we we you know we had that home draw wasn't it this, um, and Thought, didn't think much of them then but it's, there's a lot of teams it's so tightly packed this league but like I say the only place where it's starting to cut up a little bit is at the bottom and that's what makes this game the week, you know, this, this weekend so so vital just to get something um, and just to make sure we return back with something I mean it's never end of the world if we don't but I mean it's just we're making life a lot harder for ourselves heading into the derby um, before we touch on the derby um, just want a quick chat about um, we've got I mean, Mark has been that came out um, last week and said about potential outgoings. I mean, he's looking at um, some lads to go out on loan and, and, and some lads to, to leave the club permanently. And I know conversations have happened with some players um, about that and they're already in discussions with clubs that may be interested and, and their respective agents. But um, in terms of the two lads who have left the club on loan, it's very much uh, Matty Waters has gone to Sutton Caulfield Town, Tom Crawford's gone to Runcorn Town. Um, it's been very much done in mind of them just getting minutes and aid in their development because they're seen as assets to the football club that they're still investing in and they still see value in and they still think can be you know turned into to first team players. Um, for you, Jeff, I mean, I suppose you, you would have seen Matty Waters in first team action. I mean, it's important, I suppose, because if these lads can go out, I mean, it's important to toughen up and get get regular minutes in, in non-league football. I mean, it served Sam, Sam Hughes well, however fleeting his appearances were at Witten. Um, but I suppose it can, can only be seen as a good thing, this, can it? Absolutely. You know, um, you know, seeing Massey in the team, obviously that goal against Gateshead as well. You know, Superb, shows, yeah. Shows he's more than capable. Yeah. You know, I think maybe some of the other games, maybe, you know, maybe the, it just hasn't suited him. So, you know, he is, you know, he's a tiny little player, isn't he? Yeah. So hopefully he can go and get himself, um, you know, some good experience out there. Um, probably my, my one regret really with um, my time on you know on the board at the club was not getting to see the youth more because it's such a great setup mm. you know and there's obviously it's clear to see what the quality is like coming through 
but it's it's it is great to see it coming through. And as you say, like with Sam, you know, it's it's worked a wonder for him, and hopefully he'll go on to to bigger and better things. As he's certainly doing the the right things down at Leicester at the moment, and that that sh- that can only motivate the other ones behind him at Chester now to say, well, okay, I can make it to the the Premier League, you know. And I don't think it'll be too long before Sam's getting more and more involved with. Um, no, I that, think that's coming down the tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it is a great you know it's a great opportunity for our lads to to be the next Sam Hughes. But yeah, Matty, you know, good luck to him and also um, uh, to, to Crawford as well. You know, down at Runcorn, I think he had a you know a good start to life down there. At the yeah, and he, by all accounts, he's very well thought of. And to Marcus Bignett as well, uh, saw him playing a behind closed doors game against Salford, and he said he he really really stood out. So. They've been quite keen to make that move happen so he can get some experience as senior men's football mm. as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we may kind of think Northwest Counties, I'm sure he, you know he'd be hoping to to stand out in that. It's still, still good players down yeah. there, you know, and there's still lads who've played at a good level. I mean, Paul McManus is is down there. Yeah, well. He's played for Chester, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Kevin Exel, who, who came to the youth youth system at Chester as well. So there's a few few familiar faces there. Um, so it's good, you know, good standard of football. It's good, to, good to play against. You know, you're playing against men every week. You know, at a competitive level, so can only serve him well. And um, just have to give a quick mention to Callum as well on the youth team because um, a valiant effort uh, at Hartlepool um, last night. Like went down three one, but it just, you know, it's another fantastic effort for him to to make the first round proper of the FA Youth Cup. I mean, uh, last season's. Trip to the third round. I mean, on route they beat Fleetwood, and that game against Bolton at home was absolutely fantastic. You know, six or seven hundred were there to to watch that, and it just it, it, it was unbelievable. It was a youth game, and but for those lads who played in that game, then they've seen now Tom Crawford was part of that. Um, they can see that there's there's a path to the first team. You know, there's a there's a path where whereas if you look further up the pyramid, I mean, even, even lads who joined the Chelsea academy, there's no way. That, there's no pathway to the first team, you know. So it's important to be able to have, have light at the end of the tunnel and a dream. And for some of these lads, they'll look at Sam Hughes, like you say, Jeff, and think, well... It's a great selling point for the club. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that, this, and it works. That's what they, they, they're getting people in. The with, amount of lads who get moved on, I remember speaking to Bernard Cannon about this, because he's a United scout, isn't he? Yeah. He's involved with that. It's, it's, it's actually horrible. You know, I'd actually yeah. say the word horrible if it was my son or daughter, you know, and... They churn them out. Ruthless, they churn them yeah. out. It's ruthless. Even at that age, it's 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 it is it is ruthless. But you know what? There's going to be a lot of players who will come further down the football league. It's big catchment areas yep. in the northwest. What a way that is. That that'd be my sales tag. That you know we're the club who've created some use and as you say, scoring goals, playing every week for the under twenty threes. And there's there's a lot of great things to have. There's a lot of buzz about a few lads in the in the that youth team um, already. I mean, you know. Callum, not not to single out names or anything, but it's um, you've got lads like Rain Hallowell and Lloyd Marsh who already had some experience with the first team, whether it be in pre-season or or training. So you know, future's bright. So um, fingers crossed that that continues. But um, after Eastleigh, I mean, it seems a bit daft that we're, we're already looking past this weekend's game, but we pretty much have to. I, I feel um, it's the Wrexham game uh, on Wednesday uh, live on BT Sports. And it's the first game without the bubble. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Jeff? I mean, are you are you kind of a bit uneasy about the whole thing, or do you think it's it was about time that it went? It's definitely definitely about time. You know, I think we were always against it, but we were always yep. restricted in what we could actually do. Um, you know, and I always understood what the you know the, the, the fans were actually saying. 
about you know we should be doing more as a club to go against that kind of advice but there's very little you can actually do at the end of the, at the end of the day um, other than try and make a stand as best as possible but you know this is the big chance now to put things right and hopefully you know fingers crossed and I'm not so much apprehensive because I think at, at Chester it's always been a relatively you know straightforward match you know yeah, it's yeah. to be elsewhere where problems problems lie and obviously you know at the Wrexham and you're very close to the town centre which is different to over here mm. um, so I just I just think we're in for another a great atmosphere. I know you know with the change of manager recently for us, then obviously that's gonna you know help things along now. And again, this is one of the reasons why originally I got involved because you know Chester Rexham games are what it's all about for me. Yeah. You know I know some people didn't go when the bubble was in place, but I couldn't not go. Yeah. You know especially you know that that first one back back at their place where we won two 0 having lost the first five matches of the season, yeah. having got into the the conference, you know. It just showed then, you know, it doesn't matter what your form is. I'm not going to use that cliche that's used, again, you know, again and again. But it, it just doesn't matter. It's just yeah. on the on the day or night. And you know, you look back at the Ben Hennigan, you know, match where we probably should have been about three or four down at half time. Oh gosh, yeah. But, yeah. but we weren't, and we yeah. went and turned it around. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But I mean, in, in, of someone who, who played, you know, you you played a big part uh, early years as well in in, in getting the club. Kind of up and running again and moving forward. I mean, it's it's still nice just to see you know the these on the show, on the schedule, isn't it? You oh, know, yeah. you can wreck some tramway games. Oh, you know, yeah. it, it's um, it's just a testament. It's easy to forget how how far we've come in in seven short years. Well, I always said the same thing. You know, there were great times back. You know, when we did reform it and you know going into that first season and you know the Evo Stickley made a lot of friends, saw some cracking little grounds. Yeah. But the only time I want to go back to those is if we're playing in the FA Cup. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, don't yeah, want to go yeah. back in the leagues. Don't even want to go back down to the Conference North. So this this year is massive, really, for you know, for obviously staying up. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I was hoping that crew might have come down as well because we've had the full set then. <laughs> Give it a year. I mean, you know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Tranmere are still a national league side. I thought you know maybe they would have been too strong. Yeah. You know, coming coming down. But you know whether whether there's been that attitude there that several clubs have when they drop into non-league football that oh yeah we'll walk it. Look who, at Wrexham. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. there now. Yeah, yeah. It's a decade now. It's a decade it's a as a non-league side. Wow. And so I think in, in terms of recent <clears throat> memory, only the likes of Cheltenham have come back, come down, and gone straight back up, yeah, and then they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was an element of continuity with all that, and then they also had some very, very good players in the yeah, so. yeah. Um But yeah, I mean. For me, I mean, I, I I do look forward to them, but I don't. If it makes sense, because I always have that dread of losing. Five minutes games. to kick off. That's when I get that. Yeah, feeling, but I need not to. I'm all right. I'm, <laughs> like I, I always, I always want, I always really, really want to enjoy them, but I just, I, I just find myself. I don't think they're there to be enjoyed. The more endured, aren't they? I thought I, 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 it is that they are. They are endured, and I yeah. find myself. My heart's going twice the rate every, all all the game. I look at the away stands and I think, oh. God, you know, I can I can think of nothing worse than hearing you celebrate, and I just want silence from you know. And but it's the the, the games everyone wants to play in as players, and then also the games fans want to be a part of because we're going to have a big crowd. Um, the ground's going to be full, and at this level of football, aside from when we get visitors like Tranmere or or teams of the former football league history, I suppose you know we we tend to that that's that's yeah the waste stand tends to remain ground. closed, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's it's nice to have a full house. Um, I mean, do you share? I mean, do you think it's? Uh, I'm looking at the table and thinking, you know, Wrexham don't score a lot of goals, but they don't concede a lot of goals, and they're 
pushing towards the top then. Looks like this season they might go close to actually yeah. getting back to the Football League and, you know, good on them, but this, that and the other. But uh, it's, I, I don't know, there's something about me thinks this this Wednesday could be our... Could be a real, uh, real turning point for us. Well, they've had they've lost twice at file, haven't they, in the league and cup? Yeah. They blew it against Leighton Orient. I just don't. I, I totally agree with both what both you said. Speaking before, I think their defence, and I think even in the summer when they were bringing in people like Pearson and Roberts and you and Smith came back, didn't they? And you just thought, yeah, you know what you're doing there. I d- but I don't think they're still great going forward. You know, if you look at their top scorers, it's not going to be Hineni, is it? Really. It's just the case of whether Chester can get through that defence, that very good defence. But, you know, Archer, this, reading the story today, yeah. he, was a bank, he worked in a bank a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. On Wednesday night, he's going to be playing maybe three, 4,000 fans. Get yeah. at them. Cash him with a few goals. Yeah, cash him with a few goals. There's the headline. I'll get my coat. This is, this is what it's all about, isn't it? This is like, you can't get up for Wednesday. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't deserve to pull on the blue and white shirt. You know, this is, this is what it's all about. I think the National League, in many respects, it is, as we were talking about on Saturday, where shock results, you know, teams down the bottom picking up points. You can beat anyone. I don't think there's an outstanding team from what I've seen so far no, this season where there was probably Lincoln and Tromier last season. In fact, that Dover and Macclesfield are first and second, and Wrexham third probably says it all. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. We said, we, when we, because you came to the Woking game, we yeah. almost said that Woking looked the best, like the best side yeah. we've played this best, season. Best, but, probably since but, I've been back at the Chester Pro, I yeah. think that's the best side I've seen, yeah. National League yeah. side, is in terms of performance. And that's Woking. But they the are. Um, season, said they go down. But they're, they are. I mean, they're, they're so topsy too. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they've won as many games as the games that they've lost. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be a, a tough one. Um, I'm loath loath to call it either way. But I, th- I think well, I think we could be in for some magic. You know, more more more. Let, be ready with your camera, Jeff, just in case Marcus Pignett. <laughs> No, no. So that no. maybe that's 2008 was the last time they. Two nil, wasn't it? And Dean yeah. Keats has been in, involved in, in in some aspect in those, haven't they? It could be either playing or, so or otherwise. So yeah. maybe there's there's that element of it. And, and for a few of these Chester lads, it's going to be their first. And for maybe some of them who haven't quite hit the heights um, yet, it's an opportunity for them to to clean slate. You know, do well in the derby, and people will, will say right. You know. Well, you know, go, from go, going back to sort of last season when we went to Tranmere, um, you know, obviously that was another match which we shouldn't have been losing at half time. Mm-hmm. But that second half performance at Tranmere, you know, I thought Tom Shaw was absolutely superb mm-hmm. that day, and he's the type of player who, I mean, I know he got sort of quite excited in the Barrow match, probably got taken yeah, off at the right yeah. time, but <laughs> but he he's the type of player that you know can be the catalyst to, to a really good night again. Um, you know, and it's another night match and I think everybody always prefers it to be night time. Yeah. Obviously I'm sure Friday night football would have been, you know, equally as exciting um as it is on Wednesday, but I think it's under the floodlights. That's how the Hennigan moment happened. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's it's up for grabs, isn't it? As as Brian Moore said, that God, yeah. one previous night. Yeah. <laughs> We're showing our age, remembering that. <laughs> it's up for grabs now. <laughs> but now I think you know. I always go back to that first game at you know, their place, and I was funny enough because I was doing the media stuff at the time. I was actually sat in the the press area in the Wrexham main stand, and we seeing the the numbers, you know, more and more in the away end, which yeah. was brilliant. And obviously the noise, but then when we went two 0 up, um, there was a couple sat behind me who obviously Wrexham season ticket holders, and they said, 
Well, I don't know where we go from here, so I just turned around and said, your best bet is to get up out your seat, go down the stairs, out the exit, and go off home in a manner of I just waited for the abuse to follow there, but uh, thankfully it was uh, met with a few laughs rather than uh, anything else. No, I think it's going to be... I mean, I'm more confident about it well, about this game than I was a month or so ago. Because yeah. um, I, th- I think the players that have been brought in have visibly strengthened the side. And they look more resilient and, and tougher and tougher to beat, and they look a bit more of an edge about them as well. Maybe um, that might might play a key key factor. And um, before we wrap up, um, I just want to turn to you, Jeff. Cause I know you've got the uh, big yellow toy appeal. Uh, which what, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's something that's close to my heart. I've done it for for a few years now. Um, basically, um, big yellow self storage on Sealand Road here. Um, we do like an annual Christmas toy appeal. Um, and it's sort of raised in, in terms of sort of value you know last year raised in excess of £12,000 worth of new toys and gifts that were like donated to local charities it's just basically through people donating um, bringing the gifts down or various drop off points around the area and you know I'm happy that you know Chester Football Club again have, and particularly the Community Trust as well have you know have, have joined forces with us to help you know swell the numbers again um, but it's it's something that is close to my heart because um, it just works so well on a local basis, um, you know. So I'm going up to different places over the next couple of weeks to launch the um, the toy appeal, um, which, as I say, we just ask for new toys and gifts. So hopefully, people listening to this, you know, may be able to help in that in some way, even if it's just sharing the the information out there. Um, but I know you know we'll be looking. But you can make donations up until the 19th of December. So I've actually, I think I've got an appointment with the, the senior blues at uh, their, their regular right. meeting as well to, to talk about it. But um, but yeah, it's just something that it, it drives me on, and I love keeping the link with the football club um, alive in that way as well. You know, in much as we take the, the players down to the, the Countess of Chester Children's Ward, um, you know, and they get the blue and white Santa outfits on and take yeah. some presents in for the kids, which is is fantastic. So I mean, how important is is it? I mean, because you've got. I mean, once you get those toys donated, I mean, I suppose it makes a, a huge difference to a Christmas for, for oh. some for some children who, who may not otherwise have it. Yeah, I mean, just to, to give you an example, I mean, I didn't even realise they did this, but one of the one of the charities actually delivered. I mean, you know, they, they came and collected the 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 toys in the, in the days leading up to Christmas, but they actually went into one area and delivered presents on Christmas Day itself. Uh, you know, so it just shows that they don't stop. Yeah. Um. You know, so. I, I just I was I was, you know, pretty amazed by the fact that they did that because um, I just thought you know most people just stay in doors Christmas Day, don't they? Waiting to get the Boxing Day matching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it makes a massive difference. You know, if you're talking, um, you know, if there's five different charities we actually distributed to last year, all in the, the Cheshire, Chester and Cheshire area, um, and it's all you know families who you know disadvantaged or you know are ill as well so there's always something that you know we can do to help and that's our little way of helping so you know with the support of the Chronicle and the Chester fans out there hopefully you know we can sort of get some more in hopefully one of the home matches before Christmas we might have a day where you know the collections can be dropped off or you know toys can be dropped off and get a bit more sort of um, in the way of numbers through you know in terms of uh, gifts to distribute Perfect. Well, thanks very much, Jeff, and thanks to Paul, and thanks for joining us again for this edition of the True Blue Podcast. Um, We'll be back next week, probably on the Thursday, to digest 
the derby that was. Um, here's hoping it's going to be um, half an hour full of joy and, uh, and and reliving some wonderful memories from the night before. Um, if it's not, then you know, feel free to turn off halfway through. Um, okay, well, thanks very much, and we'll see you next time.